1: Sand Talk, the beach soccer podcast, supported by La Liga. With thanks to Beach Soccer Worldwide's partners, Puma, Iconic, United Nations Alliance for Civilizations, and Genius. Thank you all for believing in the sport. Welcome along. It is Sand Talk, the beach soccer podcast. I'm Mark Pendergast, sometime beach soccer commentator, and not in Barcelona this time,
2: but in the north of England. It is Matt. How are you? Hello, Mark. I'm fine, thank you very much. Yes, in the north of England, not in Barcelona. Uh, But can't complain about the weather, it's been quite nice.
1: That, of course, is Matt Mills, Beach Soccer Press Officer. And Matt, I've normally said to you every time we've been here in London, which is where I'm based, I look out the window and I see a pile of sand because I'm kind of in an area that's getting redeveloped. Up and coming, as they like to call it in London. That means there is lots of piles of building sand all around. I like to call them urban beaches. There was one beach out as I looked directly out my window here. That that that's gone now. Okay, that is now a shop unit. It's gone.
2: It's gone. Oh man. wow!
1: But luckily enough, there was a replacement beach with the sand for a new building work just to my right. Okay, I'm sad to report that's now, now that's that's now gone.
2: You haven't had chance to slip out on your lunch breaks and slip your socks off and kick a ball about and then be chased off by some angry builders in high vis well that could happen
1: today because luckily enough as is an up and coming area I'm doing that with the speech <laughs> marks things with my, my fingers here there is another pile of sand just as I stretch and look out the wind there's another pile of sand there so this afternoon after I finish doing this podcast I will be out there shoes and socks off grey skies three degrees kicking a ball around and as you said getting chased by somebody in high vis to get off their building sites Okay, so despite the lack of sunshine here, there will be sunshine on this podcast as we are entering the world of NFTs. Yes, beach soccer gets involved. We will as well look at the brand new teams who are entering the competition next season all over Europe. England's Aaron Clark will be here to build the perfect beach soccer player. Kind of like Frankenstein type thing. I'll explain more on that in just a bit. Plus, we'll have the players voted the best in the world at the Beach Soccer Star Awards in Dubai. Right here. And we have the winner of the Puma Beach Soccer Ball. Matt, do you want to start with that and draw the winner out of your virtual hat because it was somebody who either retweeted or reposted on
2: Instagram, wasn't it? It certainly was. And thank you to everyone who retweeted and reposted. Do we have a drum roll sound effect, Mark? Or are you just going to do it on the desk like you normally do?
1: No, on the desk. No budget. No
2: no budget. (laughs) Okay, Uh, And that's why I shall be delivering this ball personally on foot hands to ready. Pedro Miguel in Portugal. That's not so bad. I'm just to skip across the Iberian Peninsula. Thwarty. And uh, congratulations, Pedro. You have won uh, official Puma Beach Soccer Ball. And thanks a lot for your support of the show.
1: Cheers, Pedro. Well done. Right. I think the first thing we should do, Matt, as we're getting towards the end of the year and we reflect on all that, let's pick a highlight for each of us from this year across the beach soccer world what, we'll go with you first what was your highlight
2: I mean my mind automatically goes back to the World Cup obviously I was there for three weeks or so because we had the women's Intercontinental the first women's Intercontinental Cup which was amazing the week before but if I was to pick a specific moment about the World Cup personally for me but in the rehearsal for the award ceremony I actually took on the role of Gianni Infantino FIFA president so you know, I was there giving out medals, putting medals on volunteers, you know, handing water bottles, representing trophies to one of my little bit more silly highlights. I think for me, it was the
1: moment that Molly Clark won the Player of the Year when she got that award in Dubai. It was kind of a, a journey I've been on, but it's someone I've seen develop across the years because I, I first commentated on the England team back in 2017 when, again... I didn't really know too much about them and they they won the tournament in portugal in nazare that time and they they let me hold a trophy got a photo with it and everything like that and from that moment onwards you just sort of you get a a feeling and affinity for the team i know i shouldn't do as commentator but but you do and then we followed them uh, to qatar in 2019 and then to see molly to become world player of the year was just absolutely fantastic and Something for her that was just brilliant because there was the crowd funder to get her over to Dubai and then straight after she was back on the plane and playing for Bournemouth Women the next day. So I think a highlight for me definitely Molly Clark winning Player of the Year.
2: And we will hear from Molly later on because I caught up with her after she received the award and a worthy moment of the year, Mark. Well done.
1: And also we'll be catching up with Ozu, the male World Player of the Year on the show. And a player who has just retired recently, a huge international, huge gold scorer for Spain. Lorenz will also be on this show. So stand by for all that. Let's plough through the news, Matt, as we have it at the end of this beach soccer season. And it seems now beach soccer is entering the world of NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Explain, please.
2: Yeah, well, it's not my strong point. I have to say more of a crypto guy. Um, <laughs> but beach soccer worldwide has partnered with Real Fever, and the service they're going to be providing to, to the fans is creating NFTs of the moments. Want to get buying some beach soccer moments, then? I think one of those moments surely has got to be Madge's 1,000th goal. Yep. Who was that against, Mark? That was against England,
1: and I commentated Ooh, well on done. it. So I, I'm I'm I don't know, but maybe I could be featured in some way, shape, or form on an NFT. It's always been an ambition of mine for the last... F- well, since I <laughs> heard about NFTs a couple of weeks ago, I'm honest, when I read up and when I saw that
2: Beach Soccer were actually evolving themselves in NFTs, a childhood dream of Mark's to be featured on an NFT,
1: and huge news for Beach Soccer in Europe
2: next season. We have four new teams joining the pile: Belgium, mm-hmm. Malta, Israel, and you may have seen most recently, Croatia. Are uh, the the FA have committed themselves to Beach Soccer, and really good news coming from. Different countries all over Europe, so look forward to seeing what they can what they can do on the beach soccer scene.
1: I mean, Belgium has been on the horizon for a while because we've spoken to people from the uh, Belgium beach soccer on the show before. Uh, Malta, Israel, Croatia. I mean, it, it makes sense for Croatia because in terms of beach sports like water polo, they are absolutely sensational, at Olympic winners, etc. So it just it naturally fits, and there's such fantastic coastline in Croatia. Malta, fairly obvious, small island plenty of coastline and Israel definitely in that Middle East region they are now allowed to travel to the likes of the UAE Qatar etc so that opens up a whole new world for them and a great deal of competition against some really big nations as well so it should be a fantastic time for beach soccer and some hopefully fingers crossed great new venues
2: yeah I'm looking forward to them lovely to picture myself on the Croatian coast there lovely sun nice bars absolutely spectacular scenery yeah selfishly I'm hoping we can do some events there.
1: And you're hoping that your press box is actually in a yacht just off the coast looking out onto the
2: beach? That's going to be written into my contract. Well,
1: get it sorted. I'll be commentating next to you there. And we now have a shortlist for the five countries bidding for the next World Cup, Matt.
2: Yep, very exciting. Where's it going to be? The Five countries are Colombia, Bahrain, UAE, Seychelles and Thailand. Where would you rather it was, Mark?
1: Hard choice for me because I've actually lived in Bahrain for a couple of years and I've lived in the UAE, so naturally I'm going to favour towards those two. <sighs> if you want to take me anywhere, I'll be happy. I'm fine with any of those. So a new feature for the podcast, we have England's Aaron Clark discussing a different topic in the world of beach soccer. So it could be the new rules, it could be things like formations, what are the best and what works where. But this time, we're gonna ask Aaron to build the perfect beach soccer player. A Frankenstein, if you like, of a beach soccer player that has the best of everything. So where should we start?
0: I played with Zay Lucas, who's the Brazilian player for San Benedetto. He was so quick. The way he moved on and like in and out of possession, he was so quick and, and he's had a fantastic World Cup recently as well. Definitely him, but I'd also say that B Martins, the way he he moves again in and out of possession, um, I would definitely say that them two up there would be one of your your perfect beach soccer players with pace. All right, let's look at movement with the ball, dribbling on the sand. I think there's so many players now who can do this. You see a lot of the Brazilians who are able to, to dribble on the sand. I think... Bora is, is an excellent example. We recently played Switzerland, and, and Bora. Um, I go back to watching him in Brazil in the World Cup, and I think he run that game. Uh, and the way he shifts the ball with both feet in and um, in the air, but also on the sand, is fantastic.
1: All right, it's not happening too often in beach soccer, and it's not something we often concentrate on. But in terms of pure defensive ability, who are you going to pick?
0: He hasn't played that much recently, but I go back to to Manu Tairui for Tahiti. And I've had lots of experience playing with him and playing against him. And for me, he's known as a machine. He's known as a robot because of how good he is defensively, but also how aware he is of the game. Um, and I was very lucky to spend lots of time with him in, in Switzerland. And he is very, very difficult to play against. And there was something happened in the World Cup, for example, where he got injured really badly. And he had to go to hospital, but he wanted to. You know, he wanted to come back on. He's a team player. He never gives up. He's got the mental resilience. He knows how to play the game. Defensively, he's very, very hard to, to play against. And he is as strong as an ox. He's so difficult to play against.
1: All right, let's go for shooting, the most important bit of beach soccer, as we average about nine goals a game. And we'll split that up. We'll go with overhead first. Who's the best player when it comes to overhead kicks?
0: The overhead kick is interesting now because what you're starting to see in the last, especially in the last year or two, is you're starting to see the best attackers, Lorenz being one of them, not only practicing their bicycle kicks and their overhead kicks with their left foot. So Lorenz and let's say left-footed, but Lorenz has recently started practicing his bicycle kicks with his right foot. So now you're getting players and attackers in the beach soccer world that are, are able to bicycle kick, not only with their left foot, but with their right foot, which makes them such an unpredictable player. So I'm going to have to say that Dejan Stankovic is, has an unbelievable bike and can bike from anywhere. Um, I'm going to say Lorenz. I'm going to say Gori because he scores so many bikes. But I'm also going to throw someone in there who probably, no, he doesn't get brought up a lot, but Sem for Turkey, every year if you look at him and I've, you know, I've played against him now for the last eight or nine years, he scores excellent bicycle kicks and he's someone who can bicycle kick with both left and right foot as well.
1: And he's got that low centre of gravity similar to Guri, hasn't he? He's a smaller player. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, the volley. Who are you going to pick there? I can't remember what year it was, but I scored a goal against Hungary that was voted as top three best goals in the world. And it was a year that Portugal won the World Cup in Portugal in Esfino. And I was beaten by a goal that was definitely better, but it was by the one and only Magé. And it was when Andrade threw the ball out to him um, and he just shifted his body and first time volleyed it, side volley. Um, into the net, top corner it was fantastic, it was a great goal so if you're speaking about volleys I think you're going to have to definitely put Majera as one of the best volleying uh, technique and goal scorers in the world
1: Definitely, when when I used to commentate on it you used to see the ball either drifting from one side of the pitch across to the other you knew he just positioned himself perfectly to strike right through the middle of the ball or put a bit of curve on it a bit of spin, he was just hes so consistent with it wasn't he?
0: And one thing I would say as well, and this is taking no credit away from him, but when you're around players uh, and teammates who look for that, so they know they know Majer's strength, they know he can finish first time. So what they do is they look for him, but they play the ball with a weight of a pass and the, and the height of the pass. The detail of the pass is perfect for him to execute that volley first time. And if you're in a team where you've got teammates who are intelligent enough to be able to do that, it makes your life as a striker and attacker much more easier. All right, let's go for the set-piece specialist. I have to go back to Stankovic as well because Stankovic always seems to pop up and score goals. And I, I think any goalkeeper or any person, if you're in the stadium or playing against him, if you give away a free kick and Dayan comes on to take it, I think you're worried. Um, I do think you're, There's a the, the ratio of him scoring goals has to be higher than him missing because I've seen him put so many chances away and using his left foot, he likes to use sort of like a whip um, with the inside of his foot. And he can and he's so good at it. So he can rather put it to the left of you. He puts it across the goalkeeper uh, with perfect height. But he scores some fantastic goals. So I'm going to say Stankovic.
1: And finally, physicality. Who is the perfect specimen of a beach soccer player?
0: This is a difficult one when it comes to the, the physicality because I think there's there's so many different ways of being physical. Uh, and as we spoke about, some of the the some of the players with small or with low center of gravities can also be your your strongest players. Um, I look back at Vobrosky for Ukraine um, and it's someone who may not be called uh, strong. He's so quick and he's always fighting. So if you're against him, he's really difficult to play against because if you're slightly off balance and he leans into you, he's strong. But for me, I think Bruno Javier is probably your most all-rounded player when it comes to strength. I think they would be your, your physical robust and physical resilient players.
1: England's Aaron Clark speaking there on building the perfect beach soccer player. We had the announcements in November of the World Beach Soccer Stars Players of the Year. The female winner was, of course, Molly Clark, as we mentioned. The male winner
2: was Ozu. That's absolutely right. And I got to catch up with both of them. And first, I spoke to Molly. You've, you, you've hit the top. You're at, you're at the pinnacle of beach soccer brilliance. Where do you go from here? Do you win it again?
3: Oh Well,
0: like I said, it wasn't my target in the first place. But the fact that I have w- walked away with it is is amazing and I I have to keep pinching myself to tell myself what's really just happened. And I'm just going to continue doing what I do every day, which is just be the best version of me. So that's why I train hard, I eat the best I can eat, I get the right sleep, etc, etc. I just try and be the best me. I don't compare myself to anyone, anybody else, everybody's different. I can't be like Adri, I can't be like Miron, I can't be like Sarah Kempstead. I'd just be the best me, and hopefully that's good enough.
1: And the full version of that interview with Molly Clark is available as a separate podcast. Please check your feed and you will find it there. And not only did Matt speak to Molly Clark, female winner of World Player of the Year, but Ozu,
2: the Brazilian board Japanese player who wins the award for the first time. And that clearly meant so much to him. He said it's been a lifelong dream of his. And his first point of call, once he received the award, was to say how grateful he was to the Japanese people and their acceptance of him.
3: When I came here once, it was 2007, and the, the beat soccer was just, you know, starting here. Nobody was, didn't know how to play beat soccer. So I came from Brazil and, you know, the there, there is a great players like Jordan and Jorginho the big stars so it was a surprise for me because they didn't know how to play beat soccer and you know i just want to grow with them you know and try to to start the bit soccer here in japan you know now you no know, ramos the before our, our coach he was help us as well so i i think it was a good combination it's a good combination you know me with fidan They help me and I try to help them as well. And for me, it's always a gift to play for a Japan national team. You know, I love this country. and I love to play for Japan. And always I want to try to do my best to help with them. And a full version
1: of the interview World Player of the Year, Ozu, is available as a separate podcast. Please check your feed and find it there. And not only did we catch up with the current World Players of the Year, we also caught up with a player who won it in 2019, who has now made the big decision to retire from the game and move into coaching real character on the scene fantastic goal scorer for spain beat
3: soccer gave me all all things i have in my life first of all my 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 character my my humanity my my type of person that i am now actually because i travel a lot uh, almost 42 i think countries i played in 32 teams it's like I had a lot of chance, you know, and I met a lot of people and I I test a lot of cultures, a lot of other languages. It was like my life, beat okay. is my life.
1: And guess what, Matt? Go on, what? There's a full version of that interview available. Just check your feed, right? No way. Way, right? Enough of sounding like we're on Wayne's World that's just about it for this beach soccer podcast thank you for listening and don't forget if you want to get in touch here's
2: matt with the socials that's right please show your love for beach soccer online on instagram it's at beach soccer worldwide facebook at beach soccer worldwide mark's favorite platform tiktok where he does his dances at beach soccer worldwide and twitter at beach soccer, wait for it underscore ww there's so always one that has to be a little bit different. You're talking about your dances on TikTok.
1: Exactly. <laughs> they never actually match the music that's playing. But that's another story. So we'll catch you next time on to Beach Soccer Podcast.
2: See ya.
3: Sports Social
1: Podcast Network.